0: What's up you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is June 19th now. The the wee hours of the morning. Fightful review. SmackDown. AEW. The the Wednesday or the Friday night wars. My gosh, I wasn't even used to saying Friday Night Wars. The Friday night wars are over. Robert D Feliz, How you doing?
2: Doing pretty good. It is now 619 day, and we honor the memory of Rey Mysterio after he was Brutally murdered by Roman Reigns inside the Hell in a Cell.
0: Yes, cheap plug. I had a lot of news up today on things that were pitched for Hell in a Cell, things that didn't happen for Hell in a Cell. Uh, We got some uh, more news, more details on Becky Lynch uh, backstage at SmackDown, as well as at the Performance Center, FightfulSelect.com. You guys will make me a very happy boy if we can get two subscriptions during this show. Just two just two that will put us uh, at second among all wrestling platforms on Patreon, which I don't like to use the Patreon term because eventually we're going to move off of it, but that's not going to be for a long time. But uh, you know, Conrad's a juggernaut. He's on up there, but Fightful Select is closing in on number two. And as a wise man once said, ain't nothing wrong with silver. Ain't nothing wrong with silver. So please subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. And you know what? Maybe I'll put some uh, contract news on Fightful Select this weekend ahead of Hell in a Cell. How about that? But if you're here, you can leave a thumbs up. You can donate a Super Chat. You can subscribe. All that stuff greatly helps helps us out. We had interviews this week. Uh, How about a guy named Bobby Lashley? We interviewed him. It was a good time. I don't know what the hell's happening with that. I don't That's your first
2: WWE champion interview? Like incumbent no. WWE champion?
0: No, I interviewed Kofi as champion and Becky Lynch as champion. Nice. So uh yeah, I had them. I think that I think those were the first in Toronto. Um I had them. But other than that, it's the first since then. It's the first not in person at Junkets or anything like that. But hey guys, get your super chats in. We are starting with SmackDown tonight.
2: Wow. That's a bit of first. an
0: Yeah, a bit of an executive decision. I thought SmackDown was the bigger show, to be honest with you. And I don't think that's that controversial to say.
2: That's what happens when they decide 24 hours beforehand to run the pay-per-view main event on the television show.
0: Yes, they did. And um, I I wasn't given a huge reason as to why this was the case. But at one point... Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn was supposed to uh, replace it as a Hell in a Cell match. That didn't happen either. Well, let's go ahead and talk about this show. We're going to get started with Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz against Big E and Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens showers Big E with praise. Big E isn't quite ready for that yet. He He's too familiar with, with Kevin Owens' history to do that. And then we get this match, and like you you know the drill with WWE. You know they're going to protect the big green guy. I don't know why it is. they, You know, maybe just wait until a guy is good enough before you do this. But they've done this so many times where they're like, big green guy, he's got to be protected. It's got to be him. It's weird.
2: Well, they're hit or miss because you've got some like Kevin Nash who go on to great fame. And then you've got like Luther Reigns who... I'm not sure many people watching this may even know who he is. With Aziz, he was drafted to Raw as Dava Kato. He was put with Shane. He briefly crushed people's balls inside Raw Underground and then disappeared and is now doing this. I think he was fine considering he's not got a lot of experience, but he's got some, he's worked of all shows, so he knows what he's doing in there. But he's going to be protected for a while to come.
0: Yeah, and and I don't... I'm not thrilled with it being at the expense of Kevin Owens. Like, I don't think Commander Aziz is going to be a top guy, especially in this shitty gimmick. Not in this terrible gimmick. This gimmick sucks. It's so bad. So, so bad. Uh, but... There, there's, far-
2: a, there's a shelf life. Like, you can't move on from Commander Aziz and just be... Aziz, because it's always going to be tied to this gimmick. So it's going to be interesting to see how long Apollo is like this and how long they choose to keep Aziz like this.
0: Man, he looks so weird and goofy in that suit, in that outfit. He looks like a cartoon character, like an evil cartoon character. It is, I'm going to use this term a lot uh, tonight. It was like something out of 1991, and 1991 WWF is, is not great. Like it seems like they would put him right next to the uh, they'd put him right next to Sergeant Slaughter in that thing if they were there. He would be Sergeant Slaughter's muscle if it were 1991. That's the way that they would work this. Oh man! So after this, Kevin Owens says he wants Sami Zayn. I thought he did great there. Like backstage, he couldn't talk, but he said he wanted Sami Zayn on Sunday. Are you are? are With the news that we broke about this being pitched for Hell in a Cell, and it was supposed to be at one point, but then taken away, how are you feeling about that?
2: They deserve a Hell in a Cell because they have the story. Like, if you're going to treat Hell in a Cell like a proper gimmick match, that's Mm. one that you can throw together because you've got a video package of years of content between them. They didn't go with it, and I can't say I'm too surprised or upset, but it would have been the most fun option of the Three, I'm guessing they were betting around. Sure,
0: yeah, uh, and and we saw what that Hell in a Cell match would be. Bianca Belair, Bailey. Uh, I, I do think they gotta come up with some new promo material for Bianca Belair. I've I've heard about all the people that doubted her. I've heard about her overcoming that. They can move on to something else now. She's good enough to deliver something else. Uh, she's likable enough to make almost anything work, I think. But if they give her the same source material every single week, I don't. I, I don't want that. I. She wouldn't get stale on her own if she was just out there talking. I don't want them to make her stale.
2: The I'm a baby face, so I'm dealing with bullies. Seems very played yeah. out. Seems very even if we're not talking '91. Seems very John Cena '2011. And I think we've moved on beyond that. And Bianca does better and can do better. This match doesn't need to be inside of a cage. I feel like I'll upset people for saying this, but women uh, women telling themselves are great, but to throw one together 48 hours beforehand seems unnecessary.
0: (sighs) And and from what I understand, like until early afternoon, it was going to be Owens and Zayn. So it was really just thrown together a few hours before this. Because I don't think they were going to do two SmackDown Hell in a Cell's. And not only that, it was going to be Roman and Ray. So they went through three matches. Like, almost all of the the card, uh, the SmackDown card, was penciled in for Hell in a Cell matches at some point.
2: Right, because you also have Rollins and Cesaro, and they've got the rivalry where you can see them maybe going in Hell in a Cell the most obviously because... Cesaro's been stretched out a couple of times because of Rollins. Yeah. It seems like they woke up and they were like, we should do a women's Hell in a Cell match before we get any backlash. Let's do Bianca and Bailey. And even at that, maybe Charlotte and Rhea have more of the intense history. It's very strange that this was the call, but let's see what they do on Sunday
0: we going to get into some super chats, guys. Nerd Guru says, Dirt Sheet Bay on fire today. That Becky Lynch news made me so happy to hear how the other women view her, Shows how great of a star she is. We do have some more news on Becky Lynch up on FightfulSelect.com. PW Insider broke that news, but we had a lot of additional stuff. She was the PC yesterday. She was at uh, SmackDown Today. Looking like we're getting closer. And from what I understand, she looked really, really good. Um, So that, that's very, very promising. Jamie Miles says, please don't turn Rob heel like you did with Denise. Denise turned herself heel. She was just, you know, she's just mean. She's if Denise
2: mean. does the uh, Hollywood Salcedo, I'll probably slide myself into like a six gimmick or something <laughs> like that.
0: John Kelly says, I don't watch a lot of AEW, but it's more interesting than WWE. Tonight, I, disagree, I I disagreed tonight. Usually, I'm I'm in the same boat, but tonight, I disagreed. Rogue Scholar, I'm not sure of the context of this, but just says, Ah! What? I mean, I'll take it. $10 for you know what?
2: Uh, yeah. what?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're up past midnight hanging out with you guys, so there you go. Also, guys, my Q&A show is up on FightfulSelect.com. Over 100 questions. Uh, sometimes, I'll get you guys dropping questions in the DMs and stuff like that. Head over to the Q&A section of FightfulSelect.com. I put it up about every Thursday or Friday, and I do a show every single week. Check it out. Jamie Miles says, Roman is saving WWE and is the king of Fridays. Well, he's definitely the king of Fridays, AEW included, since they've been over, Robert.
2: Roman Reigns is the best thing on Friday nights, and I've seen some takes that, oh, the storyline isn't as good as you think it is. Listen, you can argue it's stale and repetitive, but it's still the most compelling thing on main roster television. And since AEW has been on Friday, it's still the most compelling thing across the board.
0: Yeah, I enjoy it. I, I do. Jamie Miles says, You win go, gold and bronze, but settle for silver. <laughs> ah, well, you know what? I'll settle for it. Uh, we're 1,500 away from catching Conrad, and they're climbing as quickly as we are. Uh, but <laughs> Anakin says... Bianca and Bailey in a cell makes more uh, makes me more interested in it. Rather see that in a cell than the other two matches. I just don't. I don't think they needed it necessarily. But I, I just hate that this is where we are, Robert. Where it's like, oh well, this is this weekend, so we might as well set up a cell match.
2: Right. It's it's been said to death across all platforms, but hell in a cell used to be. A lot more important. Now it's a gimmick match largely built around spots. And Bailey showed last year she can do that very well with Sasha. I fully expect to see Bianca's hair tied up in the cage. I think that'll be fun. Bailey is the best woman of the pandemic era. This will be a lot of fun, a great send off for the Thunderdome. But they do deserve a little bit of a better build if you're going to go inside the cell.
0: Yeah, I, I would be inclined to agree. Uh, Ryan B. Jam says, should have given the Hell in a Cell match to Cesaro and Seth instead of Bel Air and Bailey." Also, I think it's going to be Bailey B- Banks, Bel Air at SummerSlam. Okay, so the, the sad reality is, within the context of the WWE show, the match that most justifies a Hell in a Cell, do you know what it is, Robert? Um, Alexa and Shayna? Nope. Elias and Jackson Riker. See?
1: (laughs) Because Elias
0: he can't. Yeah, they suck. That's the caveat. They're terrible.
2: The thing is, you gotta give him his own cage, a la Ambrose Asylum, call it Riker's Island. And then you've got a whole gimmick that you can do completely separate of this. But you're right, because I watch Raw every Monday, and Elias keeps running away from Jackson Riker, who is a babyface whether any of us agree with
0: that sentiment or not? So, I mean, for those of you, before you bury me, Elias has, has run away two straight weeks. Got to be somewhere he can't run away. But in WWE, it's just like it, the pay per view causes the stipulation, not the feud causing the stipulation. Uh, Nerd Guru says, Why do you think Cross was backstage tonight? Is he going to provoke Samoa Joe and then boom, main roster? NXT best show of the week by far. Oh, by far. This is one of the best NXT episodes I've ever seen. Period. Point blank, straight out. Don't care the era. It was outstanding. Uh, they had Bronson Reed and Karrion Cross there to do dark matches. They're getting people back in the habit of doing dark matches and, and things of that like. But, you now, know, was uh, the first dark match pre uh, a taping since the pandemic. They have had a couple others to like test things okay. uh like like practice matches and stuff, speaking of Cesaro and Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins interrupts a Cesaro interview and then conducts the interview him put, clipping on the lapel pin was just it was good stuff, but th- I thought this was good, this was harmless. I don't know if this feud needed to be this long at all, but i'm I'm fine with it
2: I'm very fine with it, except. Rollins gets pushed over and acts as though he just became a Harvey Whipple man and doesn't know how to defend himself. That felt a little weird to me, but this should still be a fun match at Hell in a Cell. And despite it not being in the cage, Cesaro and Rollins are two of the best in the game. So looking forward to it.
0: Reminder, guys, get your super chats in. Get your question or statement read on the air. We had Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Baron Corbin via Pinfall to win the uh to win the King of the Ring crown. This was harmless and clean. It's just we've seen it a hundred damn times and we knew the result. And this was started by Shinsuke Nakamura losing a match and then being a sore loser and then stealing Baron Corbin shit. So uh maybe not the, the best build, definitely not the best build. It was a pretty terrible build. But it's hard for me to be that upset about something that gets an absolute trash fire gimmick off of somebody. This is the first time that somebody has won the King's crown since 1989 outside of the King of the Ring. I know some people say Jerry the King Lawler did it. A little bit different there. Nakamura, honest to God, won it. The first time since Macho King Randy Savage. Did against Jim Duggan in 31 years. And I Macho King Randy Savage might be my favorite version of Randy Savage. There were so many. He doesn't get enough credit for reinventing himself. I think Nakamura can do some fun things. I just don't trust WWE to do them, Robert.
2: As, As much as it's like great Nakamura has something, I'm more interested in where Corbin goes. Because now that he doesn't have the king gimmick or the I'm going to dress like I'm a manager at Applebee's gimmick. Maybe he can get back to being a badass, and that's what he needs. Nakamura looks good with the crown and I think that's all they're concerned about for now because there are the reports of a potential king of the ring and that's always a good time.
0: We have some uh, news on that on Fightful Select as well. Some more themed shows, NASCAR and NFL crossover. I feel like I'm shilling a lot tonight, but hey, I am trying to get those two subs, my friends. It's just two, guys. Just just two. Just two of you. That's all I'm asking for. Then I'll be asking for, I don't know, probably like 1,400 more of you. Yeah. But, you know, you know, the, we got good stuff over there. It's really good stuff. Uh, so Nakamura winning this, I'm fine with. I would like Adam Pearce to say, listen, you had like five cracks at him. Move on. Get over it. I would love for him to say that. That would be a babyface thing for Adam Pierce to say, Robert. Yeah, and
2: they seem to be getting more involved with babyface Adam Pierce actually laying down the law for everybody not named Roman Reigns. So I think that's something we can definitely see. And Corbin moves on to the IC title, even maybe the Universal title. Maybe he just goes to Raw you
0: know, and does
2: something new there.
0: Thanks for the super chat, Bryant. Nerd Guru says, Corbin to Raw to lead a faction with Dijak and Dio would be pretty dope. Well, it'd be better than what he's doing now.
2: Listen, for some reason, they've decided to keep Mace and T-Bar as their names. They've decided that they're just going to wear face paint and do kind of like bootleg powers of pain, but not really. I don't know what happened there, what happened with Retribution, but... Dijak and Dio deserve anything better than Mace and T Bar.
0: Uh, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, do you see anything? Like, what are you seeing in, in Baron Corbin's future? Nothing made me happier than going to the roster page and deleting the king and adding Baron back to it.
2: I'm hoping a return to I was a, you know, golden gloves on the badass. Let's get him back to. I destroy people, especially with the absence of Braun Strowman. You don't have a lot of charismatic big men. He can fill that role right now.
0: And I, I would love him to go back to the Indie Hater gimmick. Yeah. Indie hater. Uh Ricardo says, got rid of a few subs, kept select. I'm telling you, we're worth it. We've got a great community over there. Uh Alex just did sour graps as well. So you've got another SmackDown review if you want if you want one that goes Longer than the, the 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 amount this goes, Alex has got a fifty five minute one up right now. You want one now. with
2: a man that seemingly never runs out of energy and has more it's passion wild. for his hatred of <laughs> the main roster product? Go check out Sour Graphs.
0: Indeed, there you go, there you go. Uh, Angelo Dawkins against Chad Gable it doesn't start because Otis attacks Angelo when he's coming out to the ring and he like Angelo Dawkins sold the hell out of this. I thought that Angelo did a really wonderful job selling this. It is somewhat difficult for me to look at clean shaven Otis and be like menacing, but they're doing, he's, he's playing his role really well. And Angelo Dawkins played his role really well. I thought they executed really, really good on this segment.
2: And I have to say, the discus lariat into the German was one of the cleanest Mm -hmm. double teams I've seen in a while. Otis is great. He's very mid-south, babyface heavy. Oh, not babyface, but heel heavy. He's got a babyface. That's why I said that. And I really like where this is going, despite the fact that I know it's not really going to have much of a payoff.
0: Also, something that I wanted to know. By the way, somebody asked how much the sub for Fightful is. Five bucks cheapest, uh, wrestling premium service you'll get. It'll stay that way. Uh, like it'll always be like the cheapest premium wrestling news service you can get. But, um, the rose plant that Bailey did to, to Bianca tonight was phenomenal. So good. Uh, I wanted to bring that up. Brian, he says, Otis needs to go full thumb and shave his head. Oh, jeez, man. Yeah. Jeez. That,
2: That will get him in a comedy babyface gimmick so fast. Hope he doesn't do it.
0: So I think we're already at the main event stuff. Rey Mysterio came out and cut, I thought, one of his best promos ever. For so long, we would hear the same cadence, the same delivery, the same dialogue. I'm Rey Mysterio, and I believe that I can overcome the odds. And I'm like, oh, man, it's not good. But tonight, it felt like his son got his ass whipped and got yeeted out of the ring, and he was ready to whip some ass over it. Like, he was ready to go after Roman Reigns. And we'll get to the match, but I love that he approached it like this. Like, not only do I want to beat your ass, I want to beat your ass now. I don't even want to wait till the main event of the show. Come on down here right now. Let's go ahead and do it. I thought that was really good stuff that was some of the best the the past few weeks have been some of the best ray promos i've seen
2: i enjoy that they actually did this when i first saw the announcement i I assumed bait and switch then we get the real one on sunday but they did a, a real match real promo ray is good when he's motivated and i feel like that's something we say about a lot of the legends and this is a big night for ray first hell in a cell He's carrying the SmackDown brand, the brand he's associated with, and he's making Roman Reigns. And Ray, for the most part, was a very smart babyface tonight, Mm -hmm. which is something that I think only happens because he's a veteran and he knows how to actually work the story.
0: So let's talk about this backstage segment, Jimmy Uso backstage with Roman Reigns. And he's like, you know what, man? You're right. All the stuff you've been saying, you're right. This is an interesting wrinkle. Do you think there's more to it than what we saw?
2: Uh, no, I think they decided he's going to use Jay against Jimmy, and Jimmy will just fall in line because we're going to need some backup for bigger matches down the line, whether it's another one with Ray, the rumored John Cena match. I think they want to get the bloodline in order because they know, hey, we've got bigger fish to fry.
0: They, they need their heaters. For Roman, they need their heaters ready. They need more than one. Uh, Ryan BJM says, We need Pee Wee Herman to show up on SmackDown, and he calls Otis Francis. Then Otis just kills him. I don't think Pee Wee Herman's taking a bump in 2021, my man. But this match was so good. And hey, Robert, if you subscribed to fightfulselect.com, you would have seen they weren't planning a BS finish. That's right. Had it confirmed to me this afternoon, it was going to be. It was going to be seen through. Um, Rob Reed says, any new update on on the reason why they decided to pull it from the pay-per-view? No, I've been asking. I've been trying to find out. I've been doing everything I can to, to get that info. But Brian Heath says, RIP Ray Mysterio had a lot of fun uh, in the discussion on Fightful Select. And Frank Aguilera says, WWE cleared my Sunday night by putting Ray versus Roman tonight. The Yeet Bomb was my favorite finisher on SmackDown 2 on PS1. So I love Roman doing it, IRL. And Rob Reed said the Yeet Bomb needs to be an OMG moment in 2K. The Yeet Bomb is a thing now. It is full on. Ray Mysterio, 432 years old, took one. No camera trickery, no crash pads, no BS. He took a Yeet Bomb, Robert. Of course he did,
2: because Rey Mysterio is at his core extreme. And you have Paul Heyman right there yelling, oh Oh my my god. God. (laughs) He was selling it it so much. Selling it so beautifully. Roman now has to powerbomb fools in almost every match he does. I can even see Cena having to take one of these. This is a great spot. This is a lot of fun. And Rey... As I mentioned in the beginning of the match, really beat the crap out of Roman, made him work for it. It wasn't the same, I'm going to low blow you and put you in the guillotine. They really worked this differently, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Ironically, maybe one of the best Hell in a Cell's I've seen in recent memory, at least since they introduced the Red Cage.
0: This was a lot of fun. I haven't been doing my match ratings for Raw and SmackDown lately, but... This one would have been a solid 8.5 out of 10. This one was just good. Great baby face work, great heel work. The baby face had a reason to be upset. Came right at Roman Reigns. Wasn't drop toe hold, wrist lock, all that. No, it was I'm going to hit you in the face with a toolbox. A toolbox.
2: The Thunderdome camera shots, Sean, where you don't see people coming in. And then you just see Ray run in from nowhere, hit him with the toolbox. Beautiful.
0: It was really good when when WWE does production right, they do it really, really right, Robert. They they hammer it, they 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 just nail it, and it was so good. They they did it a good dis or a good service tonight, as opposed to how often they do a disservice to their superstars it, with the cuts and the shakes and the zooms and all that garbage. That's like, gonna get
2: so much worse. when the people come back, we're going to get they're going to want every cut to every reaction that we get. And just warning you all now, whatever you thought it was, it's going to get worse.
0: Oh, it's going to get a lot worse. Uh, And if you want to see how bad it already was, go back and look at Kofi Kingston's title win. And instead of showing him, they were showing backstage and the crowd and then this crowd and then that crowd and then this crowd, then a half second of Kofi and then the crowd. I'm not looking forward to that, but not at all. this match was phenomenal. This was outstanding. This was everything that it needed to be. This is the type of thing that should be on SmackDown. Roman Reigns should be like Mr. Friday night. Like he should want to defend his championship on Fox. I want him to say that too for the whole world to see on Fox. He wants to beat people's ass in front of as many people as he possibly can. I I love that. Like that becoming his title platform.
2: And literally nobody can say they've been in a Hell in a Cell match for a world championship on TV, let alone on network TV, let alone on SmackDown, let alone with a guy like Ray who's never been in these. And he's basically done everything there is to do. Roman Reigns nailed this match and... I don't know what he's doing on Sunday, but he's earned the night off because this match was everything it needed to be.
0: I just love Reigns' defense. I mean, he beat Braun Strowman, I think it was last October, on SmackDown. He beat Kevin Owens in a cage match on SmackDown. He beat Daniel Bryan for his career on SmackDown. He beat beat Ray in Hell in a Cell on SmackDown. These are pay-per-view level matches, like gimmicks. Hell in a Cell, cage, career. I mean, Roman and Braun had one of the best feuds of four years ago, one of the best feuds of the decade, in my opinion. And they blew that off there. Mr. Friday night, I I need that type of thing. And this Uh, is
2: the kind of thing where people are going to look back and say, you know what? That was a really good era of SmackDown because look at the pay-per-view quality matches that we got. And this is what Roman Reigns will be known for outside of the Shield. Outside of everything he's already done, this will be the era that people remember. But then you got to get into the finish, Sean, because yes. he finishes him after that beautiful Yeet Parabomb with a simple cravat.
0: Yes, it was it was a guillotine turned up into a cravat. I love a cravat. I love it. It's one of the most underrated, versatile moves, and I'm a big fan of that move. Put the man to sleep. Put him to sleep. It was beautiful.
2: You know what I think of? I think of the Stone Cold podcast that Paul Heyman did, where he literally said, get Mark Henry to put people in a side headlock and everybody loses. And then when somebody breaks it, the crowd goes nuts. I think we just saw the beginning of that here tonight.
0: I love it. I I am a big fan of that move. Uh, Ray Mysterio put to sleep. And you know what? I I hope after Roman Reigns did it, he yeet-bombed Ray Mysterio onto a wonderful Helix Sleep mattress. HelixSleep.com slash Fightful. They are offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at HelixSleep.com slash Fightful. So if you're put to sleep, cravat, guillotine, or you're yeet-bombed all the way across the room, Helix Sleep has the right mattress for you. And you don't have to go to a mattress store to get it. You know I'm all about that convenience, and I wanted a new mattress last year. However, I did not want to go to a mattress store in the middle of a pandemic. I found Helix and Helix Sleep. took a quiz that only takes like two minutes to complete. It matched my body type with my sleep preferences and found the perfect mattress for me, it'll do the same for you. I got the Dusk Luxe mattress, and I could not sleep on my side before I had that mattress. I was sleeping on a piece of memory foam. Now I'm able to sleep on my back. I'm able to sleep on my side. It's made me a more versatile sleeper. They have soft, medium, firm mattresses, ones that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. They have Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folk. If you're looking for a mattress, take that quiz, order the one you're matched to, it is the best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired magazine, and most importantly, Fightful magazine. They have a, t- yeah, they have a 10 year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights, risk free. They'll even pick it up for you, and if you don't love it, uh, they'll they'll come and do all the work for you. But you're going to love it. Uh, I can't tell you about how much more my quality of sleep has improved since switching to Helix Sleep. Uh, I made the investment. I hit them up afterwards, and I said, this changed my life. Let me help other people change theirs. And they said, hot diggity dog, let's do it. HelixSleep.com slash Fightful, up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at HelixSleep.com slash Fightful. Uh, Brian, he says, man, this match is starting crazy. Holy crap, a toolbox. Yeah. (laughs) What a
2: great start to a match. And he had Roman on the ropes, and nobody's done that in quite some
0: time. And I, I just love it. Kinshiro says Roman is protected as a genius manipulator, but it isn't written that way. Brian Pierce, Owens, and Edge all tricked him, and the Usos are naive morons.
2: Well, at the end of the day, Roman still gets the job done. So he comes out looking smarter, and the Usos yeah. look like they just want to be on the winning team.
0: I, I think he's just a manipulator, not a genius manipulator. And he's also a manipulator that can beat you up real bad. Um, well, AEW Dynamite. First off, I want to say I did not consider this a bad show, it was a show. And AEW shows, they're fine. They're good. But this era of Dynamite on Fridays has been just missable, Robert, to me. Yeah. It's,
2: they blew their load, so to speak, with Andrade. (laughs) And ever since then, it's been, okay, you don't really have to watch these. But that being said, even bad AEW shows are still very much watchable and very much able to enjoy. So this wasn't one of the best that I've seen, but it's still a good show.
0: Kate Hensler says celebrity gimmick fights are better than wrestling shoot fights. Oh boy. Boy. (laughs) Jamie miles says no more MMA wrestling shit sucks every time. So Jake Hager and Mordlow. Now, listen guys, I, have covered MMA for over a decade. This wasn't for me. If you liked it, more power to you. This seemed more like if Fire Pro Wrestling's version of MMA was real. The technique was bad. There were people throwing their back foot up when they threw punches. The punches were looping, and it just it didn't look good. It was slow and plodding, and I just thought it was bad. I, it wasn't for me. Now, I I love blood sport. I love that. I love training that style. I love watching that style. I love working that style. This wasn't that. This was not the blood sport style. This was wink and a nod, MMA. I like these punches were bad, man.
2: I want to, I'll start with positive. I like the presentation. I enjoyed the referees in black, the Justin Roberts doing the, uh, rib on it's time. He did his own version of that. All that was good. The action itself sucked and it was made worse by the outcome because Wardlow is seen to dominate most of the fight. And then Hager just gets him in the triangle choke and they do the lame. I'm going to middle finger, you know, I'm going to pass out from the hold and not actually submit that's a bit of a trope that I'd like to see go away for a while. And Wardlow needed this win, even if it was just a knockout victory. He didn't have to tap out the actual MMA fighter, but a knockout victory would have gone a ways away here for Wardlow because this match and the Cody Cage match, he's lost. So that's the three. When the lights are on bright, Wardlow can't get it done, which is not what you need to be saying about a guy
0: like Wardlow. He's been in every cage match so far. He's been in Blood and Guts, uh, a regular cage match, and then this. Um, so it, it's like, well, it's the Undertaker's match, but he loses all the time. Okay. I just didn't like this whatsoever. It was not for me. The, str- the technique was outright bad. It was just bad. And this was taped. It was taped. And they looked knackered. They looked exhausted. Just wasn't. Maybe wasn't they for me
2: that's because I felt like they were it was real and they were really exhausted. I didn't like it. I you know, you mentioned the Undertaker. Here's the yeah. thing: at least Undertaker losing the casket matches and losing the buried alive, they had to take about 20 guys to do it. So that made and, more
0: sense than Wardlow just getting tapped out. The weak looking power bomb into the cage, and then the Hurricane Rana in the MMA fight. It's like, buddy, come on. Come on. Too cute for its own good. Uh, Marcus says, next Fight Pit does a good job, even though it's not the exact same. Fight Pit, both times were better than this. Zach Barber says, AEW wasn't that bad. It didn't blow my socks off, but I didn't come out of it wanting to drink Hemlock like (laughs) I do on Mondays. Oh, it was way better than Raw, without a doubt. Uh, Way better than Raw. After this, uh, shenanigans break out. Shenanigans break out and... uh, (laughs) We get some brawling, and Dean Malenko's out there. And they're like, oh, my God, he's got Parkinson's. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. They're like,
2: the man has Parkinson's. So MJF, because he's the salt of the earth, but he's also a slimy son of a bitch, punches Dean Malenko, which might be Malenko's first bump on TNT in 21 years. Kudos to that.
0: Two of my favorite workers taken their first bumps in like two decades this week. Jim
2: Ross who at this point everything he says is basically real because he's got no <laughs> yes! filter goes oh my god that son of a bitch he's a 60 year old man with Parkinson's <laughs> like okay Jesus where to make MJF look like a scumbag I mean he I mean
0: that's that's the point that's the point <laughs>
2: but, but it's also like well then who was controlling Dean why'd you let Dean get the cage yeah. It's a cage. Uh,
0: God. That Uh. was, I thought that was the best part of this entire thing. I don't think this needed to go 15, 20 minutes, but the MJF Malenko stuff was good. And I would love to see Jericho being like, yeah, we had our battles, but Dean is a friend. We, we, we gained mutual respect through our battles and I'm not gaining mutual respect for you through our battles. So, um, and
2: I see that being the way it goes. Maybe there's a uh, some kind of submission style match between Jericho and MJF because that challenge was laid down. Maybe it's an Iron Man. They haven't done that yet in AEW. There's a lot they can do here. It's a little too much for me at the end of it because it's here comes Sammy and Sammy's chasing everybody off. And uh, Tony Schiavone also said, "Oh, you know who that is." But the Inner Circle, Tron is on it. It's like that could be anybody. That could be Santana. It could be Ortiz. But hey, you know who that is?
0: Like. <sighs> Ryan B Jam says I was entertained by the MMA fight, but that said, Wardlow's punches looked awful. Hated the scrum stuff after the the match the most. I think you mean like the the brawl. Um, I don't know if I don't remember that, but um, yeah, it was. Some people are gonna like it. I did not. Josh says officially AEW's final show without fans at ringside, and I'm so happy about it. They definitely held back tonight, and I'm fine with it. Still a decent show. I'm not fine with any company holding anything back because you want to give a reason for fans to come back. you got to give fans a reason to be there. And I, I don't think that a lot of that has happened.
2: I think wrestling fans, myself included at times, are so smart for our own good where we're like, oh, yeah, well, we know they're holding back. And we give them these outs and these excuses. And you're right. That needs
0: to stop. Yeah, not me anymore. Not doing that anymore. Team Taz cuts a promo, tells Ricky Starks they need to fix the issues between he and Brian Cage. And then Taz makes the challenge for Hangman Page against Powerhouse Hobbs. We also see Hangman Page backstage with Dark Order, who he still has not joined, but he's putting them all over. And he won't talk about the Elite, Robert. I love he's it. He's putting
2: them all over because he's like that guy that, you know, he's gone through a really bad breakup, and he's not going to talk about it. He's going to say, "But look at my friend here. he just got that new promotion. And this one, we're all living our best lives. And he said, on behalf of me and The Dark Order, I think we're getting closer. But the important thing is, I came out of this thinking, oh, that's the match for All Out. That is definitely the match for All Out, Kenny and Hangman, where hopefully Hangman gets the
0: title. Uh, Sonny F says... Big E officially had a new day commentary mentioned. He's a nine time champion. New day is at 11. What gives? Because the last two were just
2: Kofi and Xavier.
0: Yeah. And Big E was on SmackDown. And I know they have decided that they wanted to free bird it at all times and count that, but they don't decide WWE decides. So that's why as far as the team has hangman stuff, it's good. You got to start adding matches to all these specials. They got like four or five specials over a month. And there's going to be some weird matches, some not worthy matches on some of those. But um,
2: as long as the main event is strong, I think the shows can follow suit.
0: I I think that for the special events, you got to have at least two title matches per show somehow. Find a way to do that. Um, And between all the titles and stuff that they have, I think they can make that work. Uh, We get a Jake Roberts, Lance Archer vignette uh Lance wants Miro and is running out of patience. Well that's fine. I already saw that match though, so I don't want that. So Jake
2: with the just the corniest line I've heard in a while. This man's not a doctor cuz he has no patience. It's just like that yeah. works cuz it's Jake and he cuts promos like it's 1988 WWF. Yeah.
0: But my god. Do better. Do better. Andrade El Idolo. It seems like he was poking a little fun at Jim about the name at no, the beginning. Man.
2: God bless Jim Ross, who straight up said, Andrade, the idol. And Andrade tried to get him to say it again. Jim didn't
0: budge. Jim tried it once, didn't do it. So he's not doing it again. God bless Jim Ross. Uh, so Ken Shearer says, Andrade, surprise. Thea, LFI, something even nuttier. The man exudes charisma. I'd be surprised if it's LFI. If, if the final door opens and you got AEW and roh my god man which i don't doubt that it will before i bet by next year they're probably doing a little bit of something um because young bucks and the briscoes briscoes in that tag team division boy that's good buzz that's the right kind of buzz that you want but what are you thinking by the way of his surprise
2: i'm so i'm thinking thea because there's no way they announced vicky guerrero wrestling Alongside Nyla Rose against uh, Rebel and Britt Baker. There's no way it's Vicky. And while Thea has been known to be a manager, she can easily wrestle a match better than Vicky. So I think the surprise is Thea Trinidad's back and you pair her up with Andrade. That's that's money. If the surprise is anything else, I'm all for it. But I think right now that's the
0: money. I hope so. I think that'd be good. Matt Hardy gets a promo with private party and they lock Christian in a cage. Matt Hardy tells him he was retired for seven years and wants him to take a check and leave with his daughter. Now he alluded to like some sort of agreement before the battle Royal. Did we, have we seen that? Have we heard? No, of that? I
2: believe that he said we entered a verbal contract where they had agreed they'd eliminate jungle boy. And then it'd be down to them. Uh-huh. I think that's what he meant. But this is so much fun, and at this point, just put Christian and Matt in a ring, and the nostalgia is 50%, and the fact that they can still go will be the other 50%. Yes. This will be fun. Matt's This gimmick of Matt is much better than the broken stuff he was trying to do in AEW. This is by far the best thing he's done, but Christian needs to get these wins because he needs to do the match with Kenny on one of these TV specials because that's
0: got to be where they're going. It is just mind boggling to think that of the six involved in the TLC six, like if you would have told me in 2016, it's like, well, no, the Dudley boys will be the first to hang it up, like and, and not mm-hmm. wrestle because Bubba Ray hasn't wrestled in like a year and a half. Devon's done. Uh, I would have been like, what? Wait, what? Because Matt and Jeff, it's like, well, Jeff is one spot away, and and Matt. You know, I thought Broken Matt was like sort of his farewell. Christian and Edge, who would have even? We're thought? already retired. Yeah, and
2: here we are talking about Matt Hardy and Christian Cage wrestling on TNT. It's very surreal when you think about the way wrestling has shaped over the past couple of years. But I love to see it.
0: I just know there's been a conversation that's like, man, we could have done a, we could have done one more in Saudi Arabia. The the amount of money.
2: The amount of money that they could have gotten for Edge and Christian against the Hardys. Not even a ladder match, just just in a tag match. The amount of money they could have gotten.
0: I thought a great Kenny Omega, Jungle Boy segment where Kenny Omega wants Jungle Boy to fight him. But Jungle Boy wasn't going to be stupid about it. And he's so pure. He's like, listen, I'll just face you next week and I'll beat you. And Kenny Omega dialed back the ridiculousness a little bit to where it was just obnoxious enough, I thought. And then when he's going to give Jungle Boy a free shot, Nakazawa hits him with a laptop. I like this.
2: And then he runs away. Uh, Somebody had said to me on Twitter that Omega is, he's not acting goofy. He just is goofy. That may be, and I understand why some people might feel that way. But he's also hamming it up for the camera. And this version of Kenny, it's not my favorite, but he's doing great character work, which I think is why he wanted the new challenge of leaving Japan and coming to the States to begin with. Because he hadn't done a lot of character work. And when he did the few with Jericho, he said, you know, that stuff is missing. I want to do that stuff. This was a lot of fun. That match next week, there's no way we're not talking about it as one of the best matches on TV of the year.
0: Brian, he says Kenny's infatuation with golf carts has to be addressed. He's so great. I do love that. Uh, I also love the wingmen. Uh, L Milkman says they should bring in Great (laughs) Greg to being the leader of the wingmen. Uh, I saw somebody mention Zicky Dice. Oh, what a fit. What a great fit he would be. Brian, he says the wingmen are freaking great. JD brings so much dad energy, and I'm here for it. I love being able to like new people they bring in. And then Samuel Stahl says, you're, say, you're saying they're holding off on good stuff till fans arrive, but you spent 50 minutes without discussing the top wrestling story of the year. Wingmen debut on Dynamite. Well, some of them have been on there before, but I thought this was great. It was the wingmen getting to display their gimmick on a very passive Orange Cassidy until they pissed him off so much that he punched all of them in the face. I thought it was a perfect use of the boop as a distraction to lead to one of those. J.D. Drake's freaking bump off that orange punch was great. Cesar Benoni getting uh, tripped on a drop-down. So I, I, it it became news to me today that a lot of people don't know the purpose of a drop-down. Like There's a lot of people that don't realize... When these people drop down, they're supposed to be sliding underneath the legs of the person hitting the ropes and yeah. tripping them. And that's because we've seen so many people, even on major wrestling shows, Robert, they don't slide when they do it. They just drop flat. One of the most like, horrifying or fun, depending on which person you are, drills that you ever go through in wrestling school is when you're running the ropes or somebody else is running the ropes and you keep doing drop downs over and over. And you try to uh, take their legs out from underneath them. And sometimes it goes really good. Sometimes it goes really bad. But iron sharpens iron there. It's one of those little simple things that I like. I loved everything about this. I'm not big on the gang rules, as you know. But this, I thought, was a lot of fun.
2: I think this was better because it was gang rules in the middle of the show rather than... Here's a 20-man cluster at the end of the show. These characters strike me as the heroes and villains of a Sundance high school coming-of-age movie and it just works. They're, all of them, they're all quirky. They all don't really fit together but totally do and it's a lot of fun because it's different. These are different characters that interact on this show differently than the other characters on the show and I enjoy seeing orange Cassie get launched by best friends. You know, I enjoy seeing the wingmen, who are just this eclectic group of losers, but they're also just assholes. So they're villains. It's it all works in a way that's hard to explain, but that's how wrestling should be. It shouldn't be, well, these guys are all together because they're all blonde or these guys are all together because uh, they're the same race. Like it, this works because there's a genuine bond there that you don't need to explain because it's like a real friend group.
0: When FTR came over, everybody thought that they were just like, you know, southern hillbillies. And then you find out, oh, okay, there's, there's more to that. We found that out in their promo tonight uh, where them and the former LAX were, were like arguing over who had the worst life, which was kind of weird.
2: So, as much as I want to see them wrestle, as much as I want to see them, like, have one of the best tag team matches, they can't have a wrestling match now. They need to have a straight-up street fight because yeah. they're going, well, I watched my mom get abused. Well, I grew up with plastic walls. All right, <laughs> so just fight. Like, forget the rules at this point
0: because... My <laughs> hit Gavin, me over the head with a steel chair. Yeah. Immediately. Like, what's happening here? <laughs> like what the hell my dad hit me with a pile driver when it was banned like it was just unreal uh but very interesting very entertaining also entertaining Darby Allen getting beaten by Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page I like this because Darby put up a hell of a fight he threw every single thing that he had but Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page should not lose to Darby Allen by himself under any circumstances, shouldn't happen. Um, This was a good, well-worked match. I think that Ethan Page and Darby Allin is going to be the long-term, and I mean years, 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 uh, like type of thing that Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns should have been. About once a year, Braun Strowman should have just ran out of the middle of nowhere and just mowed Roman Reigns through the side of a semi-truck and said, I'm still not finished with you. I'm never finished with you. Ethan Page just constantly cooking up new ways to attempted murder Darby Allin is what I need.
2: Shawn Michaels' Triple H worked because they were never done with one another until finally they wrestled for nearly an hour in Hell in a Cell. That's what we need here. That's what this rivalry can be. And I like the fact that the babyface... Tried to be valiant and tried to be, I don't need a partner, and got his ass kicked. Yes. <laughs> and you know, that is also very true. Satana and Ortiz did see Richie get run over on impact. Uh, they need to do more of this with Darby. Darby was on Wrestling Perspective <laughs> Podcast a couple weeks ago, talked about wanting his matches to be more goodwill hunting. Then the expendables wants to tell a story, and he did hear. I called my shot, and hey, it was two on one, and I'm an undersized guy, and I got my ass kicked.
0: Perfect. It was perfect. Uh, this was the right thing. Ryan B. Jam says, Who gets a bigger pop in New York? Eddie winning the TNT title from Miro or LAX winning the tag titles from the Dickhead Bucks? I think LAX winning the LAX. tag titles. And if I were, if I were, uh, AEW, I'd try to swing getting them to use the LAX name. I would try, <laughs> Brian, he says, My dad yeet bombed me into the side of a cell. Or his dad got him yeet bombed into, uh, or outside, outside the ring. That's
2: dedication. Yes. Sean. That, that, that was something they plugged up in SmackDown. Hashtag to, dedication.
0: To your point about Triple H and Shawn Michaels, when they laid off of it for about 13, 14 months, like after they had their feud and, uh, Triple H beat him for the belt again and all that stuff. They took about a year off and they came back on the last raw of 23rd or 20, 2003. And it's like, Hey guys, this is your main event, a world title match, kind of cold. And they went an hour and yeah. it was like, Oh, okay. Okay. We're, we're going to do this again. Samuel Stahl says, speaking of career long feuds, MJF and Sammy. Oh yeah. They're going to, they're going to be at it for a very, very long time. Rob Reed says tonight was easily the weakest dynamite in a long time feels like they're just coasting through this month. I think a couple weeks ago was uh, was a little bit worse for me. Uh, Julia Hart against Penelope Ford. This is fine. I, I think Julia Hart's wrist lock could have been a little bit tougher. But other than that, I mean, she's super young in wrestling. Penelope Ford looked really good here and got the win. What would you think about this?
2: Penelope Ford needed this. It's about time she's back on TV. Julia Hart, depending on how long they run with the Varsity Blondes, could go on to be, you know, one of the best homegrown talents in AEW. But then Miro
0: comes out. Beautiful setup, I thought. What would you think?
2: He fucking steals it because he's like, (laughs) oh, where's Kip? Because we need to teach a lesson to these three because I'm not going to have them three on one for poor Penelope. And he calls himself Jesus' favorite wrestler because at this point, the internet's picked up on, for two weeks now, he's like, I'd like to thank God for giving me the TNT title and thank my wife for being hot. He's now Jesus' favorite wrestler.
0: And I believe his character is delusional and thinks he's still friends with Kip after what he did. Like, I I think that he's like, oh, that's my friend. I just had to show him. And I loved how they set up this match. Is Brian Pillman gonna beat Miro? No. But... I don't care, and uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I wouldn't have liked this, this as like somebody who hadn't won singles matches getting a title shot. It was explained to me by an AEW official, open challenge rules in that regard. You can pretty much set it up. There's more lenient there. Do I love it? No, it's their belt. They can decide it, and that, that's how it is within the context of the show. That's how it is within the context of the show, but him mowing, Miro mowing down Griff, but Brian Pillman getting some licks in. Ooh, that doesn't sit right with Miro, and Miro is hot, and they have to do a pull-apart. This is simple, but different. I've never seen a build like this, where Miro is like, is he facetiously helping this person? Or is he seriously? Or maybe he's just looking for a fight. I thought this was brilliant stuff. Well, now, do you remember when he slammed the door on Kip Sabian's
2: hand, he did say, all right, we're good, I forgive you. Yes. You know, and went on his way. But Brian Pillman Jr. getting this shot makes all the sense mm-hmm. in the world. He's going to be a single star one day. The, the varsity blondes are great, but Brian Pillman Jr. has got it in him to be a star. And for that matter, so does Griff. Yeah. This is a great start for that. And to your point about somebody explaining to you open challenge rules, when Cody explained on the media call, hey, I said sports centric presentation and that's what I'll bring to the dance. I never again questioned anything else. Anybody did because it was explained. All they need to do is those decent explanations and we're good to go.
0: And they, uh, somebody went to the effort to explain it to me. They saw my concerns. They said, you're right, but here's why. And I said, okay, cool. Uh, smart Mark Serling and Jade Cargill. So I often complain about, WWE doing the same things like because I'm the Miz and I'm awesome because I'm the boss because 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 it works a lot better when it's with two people it works a lot better when you're not throwing it to yourself this is harmless not much to talk about here really I don't think
2: yeah Jade continues to build her star power and she is that bitch she looks like a million bucks it's great
0: Riven Blade says, how good was that FTR Santana and Ortiz segment? Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, I'm trying to think of a terrible scenario to one-up them, but I can't do it. I, yeah. I really, really liked it. Ryan B. Jam says, uh, not only is Miro Jesus' favorite wrestler, he's the God of Thunder and the final boss. He's becoming the best thing on Dynamite. Yep. He had a great year. Great
1: they they year. built...
0: They built him appropriately. All We questioned it for a long time. They did the right thing. And now he is what we always knew he could be, Robert.
2: Yeah, and I will be the first to say, because I came on this show from the very beginning when I started and just bitched about, oh, what are they doing with Miro. But nope, I'll gladly say I was wrong, because they have done so many great things with him. It's only a matter of time before he's challenging for the world title.
0: Rip Baker and Reba... Are backstage, Vicky Guerrero comes up and says, "They're having a match, Reba and Britt against Nyla and Vicky." Well, uh, the highlight of this was Britt and Reba's reactions. I thought Vicky did great. I thought this was one of her best promos that she's had since she's been here. Uh, But what'd you think about that? Reba's laugh was amazing. Reba straight up
2: did a Doctor Evil like laugh, and it's just. Fantastic stuff. I thought it was interesting that Vicky said, well, Tony Khan knows he owes me one because I brought Andrade. Now that says, can Tony Khan be kind of bought off for favors here? That's something we haven't seen
0: yet. And it also tells me maybe Vicky isn't going to be involved with Andrade moving forward. Yeah. Uh Maybe it's just her, you know, it's brother love. And Ted DiBiase bringing the Undertaker in, type of thing.
2: But we get Paul there and said, I agree. And you never know. They do say they have a surprise, but I hope that that's explained. Hey, mm-hmm. how did you get Tony Khan to owe you one when so far nobody's pulled that card on camera?
0: Yeah. Explain it. Use some real life stuff and explain it. Rivenblade says, Is Vicky Seven Thea Trinidad as a surprise? That's I don't know. That's the one I'm hoping for. Yeah, that's, that, that would be nice. That would be good. And who knows what the deal is there, but I, I hope so. So the, the hot talking point is Brock Anderson and Cody. Matt J. Hendricks says Brock Anderson. Dope. Um, this was a 1991 WCW-NWA tag team match. And if you like that type of thing, good for you. If you don't, it's probably not for you. I went from being very pessimistic about this match by the end i was like that was a fun tag match that was a good solid tag match i did feel like qt marshall was a bit too 1991 1992 wcw like in the corner selling those shoulder shots like i And, I mean, that's probably when he – are we back? We are. We are back. So, I mean, uh, (laughs) I'm sure that's the era in which he grew up, the early 90s, so we see him ham it up accordingly. But uh, we got Rob Reed saying Brock Anderson even does the same stance as Arn. It's uncanny. Uh, We got Ryan saying Cody's match was a well-scripted, very classic old-school match. Brock's pinfall save hit right. But I just don't have any heat to see QT and solo beaten. QT thinks Cody is annoying, so do fans. I think that if this were this angle is in front of fans, it dies a death.
2: So, first of all, whenever Cody steps into an AEW ring, we get a transporter right back to the NWA or WCW. His stuff feels so isolated. Like you can tell the four EVPs, uh, Kenny and the Bucks, everything feels like fast-paced PWG. And then Cody gets in there and it's just the National Wrestling Alliance. And a lot of times for me that works. And this is one of those times because I did enjoy Brock Anderson. I think Brock is uncanny when it comes to the resemblances to his father. Yeah. The poor kid also already looks like he could be 35. Yes. And you know how old is he? I'm not exactly sure. I think he might be in his 20s.
0: Somebody Um, find that out for us. I I think I looked recently and couldn't find out. Brock Anderson age. Well, Rivenblade says one negative diaper tights.
2: uh, So the powder blue tights, I think that was an homage to his dad. He'll find one that fits him better. And, you know, Google says he's 23. Google Um, says that
0: Brock Anderson is 23.
2: Like father, like (laughs) son, because double A was like 25 when he was doing those horseman promos and looking like he was pushing 40.
0: When, when he was retired, when he retired, he was three years younger than Finn Balor is now. Yeah. Unreal. That's insane.
2: They just have a, an aged look to them, but I think Brock did great. Cody and the nightmare factory and the nightmare family needs to end. Cody needs to move on. Congratulations to Cody and Brandy on the birth of their daughter. Yes. Very, you know, very happy for them, but Cody needs to come back with a resurgence in his character with more motivation. And he needs to do something other than, Hey, I want to do NWA. Cause it's great.
0: I, I saw somebody refer to it as the Cody verse earlier. And I was like, Oh my God. That makes a lot of sense. It
2: really feels like that. It really feels like everything else in the show is completely isolated. But Brock Anderson got the pin and Cody, there's a shot of Cody in the entrance tunnel, like son of a bitch. I didn't get the win. Mm -hmm. And I hope we get egomaniacal Cody who then retcons the world title rule. I'll say it every week. I don't care because Cody needs to be in the world title picture. It works. And I hope that's where we're going. But for now, this is a thumbs up, especially for Brock Anderson.
0: Riven Blade said Brock's offense looked very snappy and his mannerisms made him look like he's been doing this for 15 years. Very impressive for being skeptical. They, they, They hide the negatives and accentuate the positives very well. Main event six man tag. We got the Good Brothers and Matt Jackson winning. Uh Mike Antonio, our man Antonio says can't watch. Gotta go to work in four hours. But Good Brothers matches between companies is night and day. Feel they show way more effort in AEW. Well is a faster paced show than that impact wrestling. So I, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't doubt that. Uh, but Nerd Guru, they're they're working New Japan now too. Yeah which is-
2: the tag team turbulence for New Japan strong. So that'll be interesting to see what they do there. I want to say that Carl Anderson must be a magician because he's out there in the ring. He's out there getting uh, promoted on New Japan, and he's replying to your tweet talking about how they are over as fuck. And I'm all for it.
0: The magic killer. I mean, come on. You know, there you go. Nerd Drew says, I think Callahan beats Omega at Slammiversary via Moxley attacking Kenny and Sammy winning Switchblade Reunion and Moxley Revenge. I think there's way too much going on there for that to happen. I don't think that's going on. But well, what did you think about this main event?
2: Main event was fine. It's, it's Look at the six guys in the match. You're not going to get a bad one. But this very much feels like a holding pattern now where you get Lucha Brother, Kingston or Pac, and third guy against some form of the elite. And I need something new. I need to see Kazarian against a member of the elite, and he breaks their arm and they're not seen for a while. Or I need to see, you know, maybe Penta against one of the Bucks because we haven't seen that yet. You know, something new needs to happen here.
0: Yeah, this didn't feel like it progressed a ton here. Um, Ryan B Jam says everything else is AEW is the Marvel movie universe. Cody is like the Marvel TV universe. You know, they're the same world or same world, but there's connection. Yeah, or there's no connection rather yes i i agree and this this hopefully ended decent but missable shows i wouldn't call any of the shows bad that aw had but if you missed the last three weeks you'd be just fine robert
2: yeah and that's sometimes it's how it is especially with social media you can catch up on all the clips there was no matches that you need to... Hey, Guardy, We're going to see this cage fight. No, you don't need to, quite frankly. The, the Milenko MJF spot was cool. That'll be all over Twitter. Everything that you need to see will be all over Twitter next week, next Saturday, when it comes to Kenny and Jungle Boy. That's a match you need to tune in for. And I hope this kicks off a wonderful uh, reunion tour for AEW and fans. And by the way... Kudos them. They're going to New York, but it's not Barclays. It's not even MSG. They're choosing Arthur Ashe Stadium, love which it. is in Queens, New York, Flushing, New York. It's a great stadium. I can't wait to see what they main event with to fill it up.
0: FTR, LAX is what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Josh Cardenas says, "Waiting for Hook to take me." Uh, aren't we all? Hook <laughs> is
2: money. Listen. I promise you, Hook will make a lot of money in this business.
0: Well, hopefully we will too. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. We are one away from that goal. So just Just one one more of you. Just one more of you. Robert, what do you get going on this weekend? Obviously, Hell in a Cell Sunday. I'll be here with Denise reviewing the show.
2: Hell in a Cell this Sunday, which means we'll be all over it covering the news. You can catch me almost every day here on Fightful, breaking the news, chatting with you guys. Follow me on Twitter at DudeFelice. Follow me on Instagram at DudeFelice. Check out Fightful Magazine, where I know I've got a review coming of SummerSlam yep. 88. It's a lot of fun. Check it all out, and I'll see you guys next week.
0: Yeah, I assume you'll probably be here Saturday, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Saturday uh, we will be doing a an AEW post show for their, their big show Omega and Jungle Boy, and then it goes back to Wednesdays. We're back on Wednesdays for the first time in like a month. Guys, thank you all so much. We're out